there's a lot of people that are trying to grow on social media. If you can convert social media leads into dollars, that helps as a creative because I'm creating content, I'm getting paid for that content, but I need to be able to solve a problem for my client. It's not so much about the content that I'm creating, it's about the problem that I'm solving. The most successful creatives are the ones that understand that there is a problem to be solved in the market. Not so much of like, I just wanna create really beautiful images and that's the only place my head goes. So I'm like, you have to pay me because I make really pretty images. If your pretty images don't make the client money, you're not gonna be hired for very long. I, there's so much I don't know about you. We, we've only had, we've had coffee once. Yeah. Um, and that was like more than six months ago. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but one, just to even start with like one thing I, I really loved about you even from the beginning was like you were very like – you wanted to like just learn like you just took this approach of like what can i learn from you kind of thing and i was like i don't know i can't i don't have anything to, but like just that that approach was just so just dis, like dis, disarming you know what i mean so like just kudos to you for you you just live that way you know what i mean like you just live in it and you walk with like that level of humility of just like you're you're a learner and you just you you realize that you can learn from anybody well yes and um but that's huge. It speaks volumes to just you and your character and and all that. But but in that conversation, um, we didn't get to talk a ton about like just like life, and it was a pretty short conversation. And so I'm I'm really curious, like like your background, like where'd you grow up, like your family, siblings, what's your like relationship with your parents like? Like what was your upbringing like? Like was it here in the Midwest? Like just, I mean, you can kind of go back as far as you want, but, yeah. but just kind of like, does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can take it. I can yeah, that. Take good. us there. I noticed, uh, so when I recorded my podcast studio space, like I have a freaking whistler of a nose mm. and it's super annoying. Cause like you can pick that up. So I'm sorry <laughs> everyone that's listening, uh, with like headphones and stuff. So I'll, anytime I'm not talking, I'm going to put the mic down <laughs> so you don't hear that. Um, but yeah, so upbringing, um, I grew up in Kansas City, born and raised here, so I'm biased, but I, I really like Kansas City. Um, I got two uh, great parents, uh, we have a great relationship, and then I have two older sisters. So I always joke that I was like bullied as a kid because of my sisters, like <laughs> if anyone has older sisters, they know like they just kind of beat you down um, and they humble you quickly. Grew up in a great household. Um, my parents are like the best parents ever. Uh, they, they taught me a lot about hard work, they taught me um, like incredible morals. They, they um, raised me in the church. And so my whole life, um, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm just fortunate and blessed. Uh, and so my parents, like they're still married today. Uh, they have a great relationship. I got a great relationship with them. Um, I enjoy hanging out with my parents. They're a lot of fun. Um, and our family's super close. So I think my parents did a great job, like successful on the side that our family still loves each other and we're not at each yeah. other's necks. Um, so I'm just, I'm super grateful for that. Um, I thought that was a normal thing growing up. And then like you kind of get older and you learn like, oh, families do have their struggles or things yeah. that can go wrong. Um, but something I, I hold dear to me is just like the uh, family culture that you have. Um, like that's just valuable to me, like your blood so there's just something unspoken that, hey, I am going to be there for you no matter what because we're family. And that's purely the only reason is like we are family. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of. You're going to make sure I'm taken care of and we're going to be uh, there for each other. So yeah. that's something I hold um, a, lot of, a lot of value in. So, yeah, born and raised Kansas City. Um, I kind of my upbringing. So I, I don't want to start this. How far do we want to go back? <laughs> you know? As far um, back as you want to go. Yeah. We'll just zoom past. So I think uh, part of my story that could be of value is like once 08 hit and like the housing market kind of crashed, um, my parents, like they had an investment property that we were kind of building up equity in. Um, and as a kid, like I didn't know what we were doing, um, but we, in, they ended up like losing a lot of equity and money in that. And so we ended up moving out to a small town called Lone Jack. So that's where I went to high school. Um, so freshman year of high school, uh, I was at Lone Jack all four years I was there. But during that time, we 
we really just saved a ton of money and we were very frugal. Mm. Um, knowing, and so even being a kid in that environment, I learned how valuable like saving is. I learned um, what it means to work for something because my parents, they didn't, uh, they weren't buying me anything extra other than our needs. And so they would take care of us like hundred percent. They would t- like give us the shirt off their back. They would take care of us. Um, but anything extra that we wanted, like we would have to go earn or pay for ourselves. So even if it was like a heck, like a, a t-shirt or an extra pair of shoes, mm. uh, just to like, that would just be something on us to like, we would, we would work for it. Um, so I learned the value of hard work. I've learned the value of earning something. Um, and so during that time, I think that was a, a core thing in my in my mind or that I was just like ingrained with uh, is to work hard for something. And so uh, during that time in my co- or my high school, they kind of taught us like, hey, if you don't go to college, you're not going to be anything. You're going to be homeless. You're going to be lost. Uh, you're screwed pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm like, yo, I got to get I got to go to college. And I hear like, oh, college is so expensive. Like, how are you going to pay for it? So I ended up, long story short, I learned that the Army National Guard has like the best benefits. And so I joined the Army National Guard uh, my junior year of high school. And so in between my junior year of high school and my senior year of high school, I went to basic training. And um, that really engraved in me a like disciplined mindset, a work ethic that has stuck with me till today. Uh, so from that point, then I finished high school, uh, went to, I signed up for college. And I, ever since high school, I wanted to be a physical therapist. I got injured back in uh, freshman year of high school playing football, had physical therapy done. And I was like, man, this is the most rewarding job. This is sweet. I want to do this for someone, someone else. Like if I can do this for someone, like I want to do it. And so that was my focus. I was like, I'm going that route. Uh, so I signed up at Penn Valley in Kansas city for their physical therapy program. Uh, but once I signed up, uh, I had this prayer. I was like, God, like if my plans don't align with you, like I want you to wreck them and I want you to wreck them sooner than later. And bro, within 15 days, he had me on a deployment to a different country in like literally 15 days. Wow. And uh, I was like, God, not like that. That's not what I meant. Like, it was just like, we could have had an easy sign. Like, this didn't have to be like dramatic. Like, this seemed a little over the top. Um, but yeah, so I was on, I was on a deployment from uh, all of 2017 in Qatar. Uh, so I was gone for a whole year. Wow. Uh, and that was a heck of a, an experience for sure. Taught me a lot, just independence, being on your own. I was... 18 turned 19 on the deployment um wow and so that was like just crazy that was crazy so i had to cancel all my classes that i was like about to take um went overseas and then came home so when i came home uh, my my reward to myself is i bought a little kit camera and i was like dude you did it congrats you made it through deployment and uh, i bought a little kit camera on a black friday deal it was a canon like sl1 Mm. so a little kit camera had two lenses a like 18 to 50, I think 0.4 or something. Mm. And, uh, and then a, like a 70 to 200. Uh, and so I had a ton of fun with that camera. I would take it on trips, hikes. And that's where I started to learn like photography. I was like, yo, this is super fun. I started watching YouTube videos, learning. And I was like, Oh, I want to do that. That's awesome. I see all these people taking trips, Instagram starting to kind of kick off. And it's kind of fun to like, like document your trips and share them. And so I just wanted to bring people along for the journey. I'm like, I want to go do cool things. I want to bring other people along. I can't pay for people to fly out to these places, but I can like take pictures and like share them. Right. And so that was kind of my, my focus and my intent. Um, had you done, had you had any camera, like had you taken photos or done any video prior to like having that camera? Like how, how did, like how were you even in a place where you were like, my reward for myself is a camera? Yeah. Great question. So I, always like the creative stuff. Um, when I was young, I, I got a, um, one of those camcorders, uh, when I was, I think it was my third birthday or third, third grade birthday. So I don't know what age that is. Third grade. So I was a third grader. I got a, a little like camcorder. It was a Sony. I still have it. Um, records in those little like tapes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I got that and I would make little movies with my friends. And dude, they were awful. They're still on Facebook, uh, and I need—I like almost want to get rid of them. But it's everybody's kind of fun to like look back and be like, "That's how bad we were, and awful." And just you're like, "Dude, you're—I wish someone would smack me." Um, but yeah, they're still out there. Uh, so yeah, we we started making movies with friends um, growing up, uh, all the way through like sixth grade, seventh grade, and then stopped for a little bit. But I always enjoyed the creative process, making something out of nothing. That was always fun. Uh, and so photo, that's where that kind of came from. 
but once I did that, I was watching YouTube videos and I was like seeing all these people make videos about photo. So like, oh, we're going to yeah. go on this trip and here's like this cool B-roll segment. So you got like Peter McKinnon or just, I mean, you name the YouTuber that has like, yep. they were doing all these cool videos about photo. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I want to learn how to do video. So I started learning video. Uh, and, and even in, on top of that, I learned that you could make money doing photo mm-hmm. and I had no idea. Um, again, this is that whole mindset of like, I thought I had to go to college to make money. So I was like, I'm going physical therapy route. That's going to be my nine to five. I'll be able to work. I'll be able to provide for a family maybe with this job. Uh, and that was like just my focus. Well, then things started opening up to me when I was like, Oh, you can make funny money doing like weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a cousin that shoots weddings and she was making like three grand a wedding. I was like, Oh my God, like three grand a wedding. Mm-hmm. Like you shoot two of those a month. You're chilling. You shoot three of them, you're balling. And so I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this. I was like, I think I could do this. So I started practicing. And then um, from that point, it's just you just learn. And you just you second shoot. You see what other people do. You try to get your foot in the door. Um, and so from that point, I, I, I focused on wedding, um, wedding photography. That was like a brand or a business that I tried to build up. Uh, and during that time I was still going to physical therapy school. So mm. my mom always pushed, Hey, you need to finish what you start. So I started physical therapy school. She's like, you got to finish this. I was like, mom, this is dumb. I don't want to do it. Like I'm not going to make it like whatever. Uh, so I finished physical therapy school. And during that time I was just, I was growing photography. I was learning on off time where I wasn't studying. I was watching YouTube videos on how to become a better photographer, how to shoot better composition, um, how to light things, whatever. Uh, that was, that was my focus. And so Continuing down that route, um, once I got my foot in the door, then I was like, oh, I want to learn video. I started adding video wedding, like wedding videos to my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so then I had like two streams of income where one was photo. Now, photo in Kansas City, there's a ton of photographers. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to become a professional photographer, and it's very saturated, So, or the market is. And so I was like, well, there's not as many videographers, though it is harder, I think, to get brides to pay for a video. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because I feel like it's actually, I feel like that has kind of switched a little bit. Like yeah. photo, photo was like, if you only had to do one, it was photo. Yeah. I feel like I've talked to some, some brides who are like, I actually, if I had to do one, I would do video. Yeah. And so that, that has kind of changed a little bit, but anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. So I, and I, I agree. I think what my selling point or just the fact that I, I truly believe what the video does is it allows you to relive the entire day mm-hmm. um, in its totality. Whereas photos, you can only experience like, oh, this was a great capture, a great moment. Yeah. But I can like, rec- I can record the speeches and overlay it with you, like with your groom and bride, whatever. Um, and it's just, it feels like you're, you're reliving the day again, which is cool. So that's one thing I do love about video. Uh, so, I mean, some people even ask like, hey, what do you like better, photo or video? I like the aspect of both, but with video, you can tell a story yeah. that is way more um, compelling and or captivating. Mm. And I love to draw in an audience and like make them sit and like feel something. That's like my goal is like if I can make you feel an emotion that I want to convey through this, um, this digital platform or this screen, it makes you feel immersed in it. I think mm. that's a win and a goal. For sure. Uh, so that's been something I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What's One thing I really respect is it's almost harder having done both photo and video for weddings uh, in the same boat. It's, it's harder to tell the story through photo. It can, and I almost have like this high level of respect for like people who are doing it full time. Cause it's like, if you can do it and do it well, the story you can tell through an image, um, like video is great too. Um, but it's almost easier to tell a story through video because it's now there's different, you can still do it well or do it poorly, but because it's happening, you know what I mean? You're capturing something that's happening. It's happening in, 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 you know, in the actual video, but for photo, I just have a high level of respect for like wedding photographers who can actually tell a story through still images. Mm-hmm. It's just really impressive to me. You know what I mean? And there's like a weight to it. And, and maybe it's like, maybe only people like us can like see it and like appreciate it. Um, but I do think people can feel it when they see it, but yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like, so you did, you know, you've done the wedding stuff, Yeah. you've done, um, which most people start there. I would agree. Um, 
or in church. <laughs> That's the other. Yeah. A lot of people, especially in the Midwest, a lot of people start in church yeah. um, or doing weddings. And it, more, more than likely, the weddings happen because our friend's like, hey, I got 200 bucks. Can you, you know, shoot my yeah, wedding? You literally. know what I mean? Like, but then, you know, That's for some people, it actually turns into something. Yeah. And then there are obviously those who are fully doing weddings. That's all they do. 100%. You know? Um, but you've kind of pivoted a little bit. Yep. And so maybe talk about your process from like doing weddings. Like what, what was kind of happening after weddings? And then did you slowly phase out of that or how did that kind of happen? Yeah. So, um, I did wedding photography and videography f- since 2020. That's when I really started. I kicked off like weddings, uh, and doing them like full time. And so right now at the time of this recording, we're in 2023. Uh, so it's, I've, I've used it as a vehicle to help me get to the next spot where I want to be, which is, I want to do more commercial work, more, um, production stuff with brands and help brands grow. Uh, so that stuff seems that, that to me looking at it, I'm like, that's more fun. Mm-hmm. Like I love spending time at a, at a wedding or like with a bride and groom. And it's super fun. Cause you're just goofing off with them the whole day. You're having fun. Um, and so there's, there's literally nothing against it. Yeah. Um, but in the commercial space or doing working with brands for some reason, if you're a wedding videographer or photographer, you're considered amateur. So I always had a, a end goal that I'm like, I need to phase out of doing weddings. But the hardest thing about that is weddings were the thing that was keeping me afloat financially. Yeah. So the really hard part was to, how do you make the transition from like a full-time wedding videographer or photographer or whatever your income is and move it onto the next platform, which is what you want to do, whether that's commercial work or next job, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a, a really valuable lesson in that. Um, and I, I learned early on, uh, I had a, I was doing photography for this guy and I, I really like cars. I love cars. I think they're the coolest thing. I don't know how to work on them. I don't know anything about it like that, but I just like the way they sound, the way they look. So I was doing a car shoot with this guy that had a Ferrari and um, we went out to dinner after and he's like super uber successful in real estate, making tons of money, whatever. So I'm like, I'm going to try to puff myself up, look cool. Uh, and I'm, I don't know how old I am. Um, it really wasn't that long ago, but whatever. Uh, so uh, it was probably two years ago and he... I'm like, hey, I'm doing all these things. I'm, I'm in the Army National Guard. Um, I'm going to college. I'm finishing that. I'm going to have, like, my degree. Uh, I'm also building up this photography business. And he kind of stopped me. He goes, hey, uh, I know a lot of people that are doing a lot of things, but they don't go anywhere. And he's like, they don't take the time to build anything up to where it can sustain them. And then they forsake the foundation um, that is holding them up to go after a new thing. And so they never build anything consistent. Uh, and, and that kind of drew me back or kind of stopped me because I was trying to puff myself up, look cool to this guy and he just saw right through it. Um, uh, but the lesson he taught me was don't forsake the foundation before it's built. And so I couldn't leave wedding photography and videography until I built enough of a, a foundation on commercial work that I could jump onto that and say, Oh, this can now sustain the lifestyle I have or the business. So then I can stop like promoting weddings. Mm. Uh, and that, and then if I stop doing pr- weddings, that should give me more hours of my day to focus more on this side of the business and I can move into that. So that was something he taught me, um, which was like really valuable. Uh, it was just funny how it happened. Cause he just, I like felt like an idiot afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, dang it. So. Yeah. Those are the, those are the moments though, that most of the time change the trajectory of our lives. Truthfully, like sometimes you need someone to just like see right through you. And put you in your place. <laughs> yeah, you definitely did. Uh, and so I was like, all right, cool. Uh, but it was it was super valuable. So now, like, I'm I'm almost done with weddings. I got two left, and I'm done. And then you're not gonna you won't be you won't say you're available to book anymore. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I got two left on the books. They'll be I'll be done this year, um, and then I'm full on commercial. That's awesome. So I'm stoked. So let's talk like the commercial side. So basically, you know, you were doing weddings well before. were you doing weddings under black banner yes so when you started black banner or were you doing weddings before black banner i guess uh yes so both um i started dawson put off photography that was the idea i didn't have an llc for it that was just the website name i didn't know anything about business i didn't know what llc was um 
but I just knew I needed a brand of some type, someone, someone can look at. Uh, and so doing weddings there then, so now kind of fast tracking, I, I started Black Banner Productions. That's my commercial studio space production company. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where I'm full time at. I got two guys with me that are working. Um, and so we're, we're trying to grow that guy up into, um, just a full on production company. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got a studio that is a thousand square foot studio and a 3000 square foot like office and studio space as well as a podcast room. And so it's been really fun to grow that guy up. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so with weddings, we, or I, I was, I eventually started booking them under black banner productions, trying to grow the brand of black banner productions. Yep. I knew I didn't want my own name attached to it. Like I didn't want Dawson put off productions or Dawson put off media or something like that. Mm -hmm. Cause that doesn't, um, that's not super scalable. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a brand that will die or, or cap at mm -hmm. a certain level. Uh, and so I, I knew from an early on point, I was like, I need some type of, clean aesthetic that represents me and or represents the brand that I want to create. And I'm going to go after that. So that's kind of where black banner got its start. Yeah. Where did, where did black banner come from? Where'd you come up with the name? Like yeah. what's the, is there a story behind it? Yeah. So I one I think the color black is like the cleanest color. I mm -hmm. think it's slick. Uh, and so I think it's classy, it's clean. So I wanted black in the name. Uh, and then I wanted black flag cause I wanted like something that you could look to and be under, uh, kind of like, a like in the army, you know, you have your, your patch, your flag on your shoulder. And that's mm -hmm. like, that tells you what country you represent. So I wanted something like that. Um, to where you could be like, Oh, I'm, I'm, they represent me or they do my work, that kind of thing. Well, black flag was taken. So I was like, hmm, what's like a flag black banner. It's mm -hmm. like black banner kind of flows off the tongue. Yeah. Like pretty nice. BB. Yeah. So we got BB <laughs> productions, which is pretty sweet. So we got like, we joke at the office. We're like the black banner boys. Uh, and it's just kind of, it's just dumb, but it's fun. So yeah, that's where Black Banner came from. No, that's awesome. It's really cool to hear like how your military background kind of ties into all this. Like, would you say that, you know, you, you talked about how you grew up in a household and, you know, there was a time when things were kind of tight and you kind of had to be disciplined. Like if you want something extra, you had to, financially speaking, yeah. but like, would you say that you're naturally a disciplined person or do you feel like a lot of that was just you know beat on you in military and how did how has that translated into how you've taken kind of that stuff into business yeah that's a great question so discipline side of things I learned a lot of it in the military um the I mean yeah that because I, I was young I was kind of a punk kid like I just didn't I mean I was a punk I just didn't know I didn't know anything as a kid um, growing up through high school um, and thinking that like Kansas City or my little bubble of Lee Summit, Lone Jack was all I knew. Um, I wasn't crazy disciplined, though I did have a decent, I had a really good work ethic. Um, growing up, I had, I worked for my, uh, my grand, my grandfather who had a farm and we worked on this hundred acre farm. Um, and so that like a lot, I learned a lot of hard work there, but once I joined the military, there was this book I, I kind of read or someone summarized. I don't read, I don't know how to read. I'm like, dude, I'm illiterate, whatever. Um, I listen to podcasts. That's how I learn <laughs> or watch movies. Uh, but there's this quote in this book and I don't even know what the book was called. Um, it was like how to pass Navy buds, uh, for like dummies or something mm -hmm. like that. And one of the things in there was you should, you should strive to be first, second or third in everything you do. So every activity, every competition, everything you do, you should be first, second, or third. Uh, you don't have to finish first, but you need to be at least first, second, or third. And mm -hmm. so and that's kind of something I took into my, home, my own life is like, whether I'm in business, I want to be first, second, or third. And in video, I want to be either the first, second, or third best in the room. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need to be the best at everything, but I need to be top of at least a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of helps give me a focus. Like it's okay to strive and be good at something or like work really hard at it. Uh, and then the military, yeah, it, it produced a lot of discipline in me of, Hey, you got to take care of yourself. Um, you take care of your body and, or, uh, you take care of how you look or how you hold yourself. Like that translates into relationships and yeah. business is relationships. Uh, that's, literally it right like yeah. the more people you know um the better your network is and your yeah. network is your net worth that's a saying everybody's heard um if i needed a job today i could call like 10 people and they would probably be able to get me in somewhere some nine to five because they own a spot and it's just because i know them and i have mm -hmm. a good relationship with them they could get me a spot if i'm in a, like a really tight spot yeah uh, so i just i always preach having a good network and and being disciplined with yourself 
I think increases your, your opportunity to be uh, uh, better with relationships. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Okay. So you guys are doing commercial work now. Yep. You, you're wrapping up weddings. You've been, you've had your studio space slash office space for a year. Um, you're there for at least two more years. Um, kind of what do you see for the next, you know, three to five years? Kind of like what do you see as kind of maybe after this studio space? Do you think you'll stick around? Do you think you'll, what's kind of your, when you think about Black Banner in five years, where do you want to be? Man, I suck at long-term goals. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a very uh, task-driven person, so I'm like, give me the next thing. We call it a five-meter target in mm. the military. Like, what's the, right in front of you that you need to execute on? And so I see those really well. I don't see my, like, 300-meter or 500-meter target. I'm like, what's in front of me? I just need to execute, and then I'll, I'll like, get there. Yeah. Uh, and I'll come up. I'll figure it out as I go. Now, there is value as, like, a business owner to have that visionary cast, Um so I'm, I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. My, my long-term plan would be, I, I want to keep scaling. I'm going to grow. I want to create Black Banner to be a, a culture and environment where creatives come in and or they're excited to work and they're excited to build something together. And it's a place where like it cultivates creativity. Um, like they want to be there, even though it could be more of a nine to five type feel. It's like, it doesn't matter because that's the place they want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what I'm trying to create and culture wise. So, I mean, do we got like a kegerator? at the office um you know we're we have a good time we have a lot of fun uh the office has like a really cool feel um i I took a lot of time figuring out how to you know paint the office how to build out the office like the desks um everyone that works for me has a standing desk they get a monitor like i make the like they got a curved screen and everything so i try to make it like a a really cool spot to be um because I, i believe that if you can treat your people well like they'll in return do that for you as well like they'll fight for you Mm. that was something i learned in the military as well um just like leadership seeing good leadership and bad leadership um and i strive to be a good one Uh, so yeah so five year where i'm going off uh so long-term plan like i just want to build something really cool that i'm excited about that i can work in and that other people are excited to join yeah uh so with black banner who knows i'd love to have a production um have like a space in a studio in kansas city uh, maybe in the next couple of years, uh, I'd love to buy a building. That would be really cool. That's kind of my big dream with it mm-hmm. is buy a space where um, you can build it out. And there's like, I mean, now we're just talking about vision and dream. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about dream. <laughs> I'm talking like maybe like a, a two story type building where you can have like a, an office up top that overlooks the studio and there's like glass and uh, it's like a really cool office space. I'd love to put a gym in there. Nick, yeah. uh, I'd love to get like a break room and everything, build it out, make it look nice. Uh, get all my other guys like offices and spots where they can be working and be creative. Um, so yeah, now we just got to go get it. We got to go work really hard to get there. Heck yeah. Let's talk with the team right now. You got a full-time guy and you got a part-timer. Yep. What are kind of their roles right now? How are they playing into like the day-to-day week-to-week as far as what you guys are doing at Black Banner? Yeah. So everybody is a Swiss army knife. We are not all great at one thing. We're just great at a lot of little things. And so we're doing video, photo, editing, all of it. Um, right now it's, we're just managing the work and we are, um, like, like Ben, um, my full time there, he is like, he's, he's killing it on the edit side of things. And so if we get a shoot that comes in, I'm like, Hey Ben, you can knock this one out. All right, cool. I know he's doing this. Like even while we're recording, he's editing. So I'm like, sweet work's getting done. I know things are happening. We're moving forward. And that frees me up to go have these types of conversations or meetings with other clients, get drama, more work. Same thing with Austin. Um, he's focused right now on one client, uh, cause it's a, it's a pretty big client and he demands a lot and or like, uh, with work and t- edit time. Mm. And so, Right now, Austin's main focus as a part-time is to pretty much focus on this one client, make sure that he gets all of his work that he needs. Um, And then that also frees me up again, so I don't have to focus on it. I can go drum up more business. I can keep scaling. I can keep shifting things around where I need to as more of a business, um, the head of the business, uh, and and operate in that kind of headspace or that that hat. Mm. Um, So, yeah, really bringing on guys. I, I worked by myself as a freelancer under a production company um, because I'm trying to grow the brand. I was really just a freelancer and I would do everything, you know, from you would show up with all the lights and your cameras and you would record and then you would edit and then you would go get more clients and there that's, it's doable. And if I was a freelancer, like 
it's a great way to like make a living. Mm-hmm. You can make a decent chunk of change doing freelance work. Yep. Um, it's hard to scale or when you want to scale, the first thing I think is easy to push off is the edit. Cause you're like, this takes so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you get really busy, let's say you get four projects in a month and that's a lot, then you, you stop uh, networking, you stop going out and drumming up more business. So your business goes up, you make a lot of money for one month and then you make no money the next month. Mm. And then you like, Oh, I got to go get some more work. So you go out and work really hard. You cold call, whatever you figure out how to get work and then it goes up and it goes down and it's a roller coaster. Mm. And that is a pain and a headache. (laughs) Um, but once you can get to a spot where someone can help free you from some of that and you can go drum up more business, like that's the way to slowly start scaling or that I've learned. I don't know everything. I'm just figuring it out too. So I I don't, I don't want to, take the stance that I know everything for sure. But there's things that you've done. Um, like for example, like even taking the step to, from being a, a solo guy to hiring people, like that's stuff a lot of people haven't taken yet. Maybe they're in the place where they are starting to feel that up and down. So like, what would you say is like, how was there like a, a, a practical like number you knew you had to be at revenue wise to justify paying somebody sometimes, right? We just hire our friends and they're more like comfortable with, you know, what the paycheck looks like. You know what I mean? So like, what was that, what was that relationship like? What was the practical things you did to take the step and make that leap into hiring your first person? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. So definitely there was a financial number I knew I had to hit. Like comfortably, I had to be making enough money per month to be able to support myself, support um, someone else. And then I also had the studio at the time. So I got the studio before I ever hired anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the studio itself um, was an investment that I treated like an employee. So really what the studio did is it bumped my name and my brand to another level where people are like, oh, this dude's doing something cool. Mm-hmm. He's like official. He's got his own space. Mm-hmm. Um and I learned that from a mentor friend of mine. Um, shout out Ryan Hill. He's uh, the photographer for 8183 mm. uh, Productions in Kansas City. And uh, yeah, it's like there is there is a part about making yourself look a certain standard that helps promote your brand and or like, oh, the, the, the production value is way, way more because they are a company, not just a freelancer. Mm-hmm. And so I learned that and I, I, I take a lot of value in how I present myself and or the business. Um, anytime I had a meeting, bro, I was throwing on a, a black banner polo with black jeans and white shoes. That was like my go-to look. Mm-hmm. It was clean. It's, it's the, it matches the brand. And I think that small little extra step helps show like, oh, I'm a professional in this space. Yep. And I operated in that. Even though there were sometimes I didn't know really what I was doing. It wasn't, it was sometimes it's fake it till you make it. Um, but there is also that aspect of like, I'm going to do the best that I can with what I have. And I'm proud of that fact that I, this is literally the best I can operate in. Um, so once I hit a point where I was making, it wasn't even making enough money. It was more, I was, I was getting more work than I could handle. I was like, I need to start offloading some of this. And I started looking and, um, I, Ben was my first full time. Uh, and dude, Ben's been great. Um, I, I presented the idea to him as kind of a, a joke. I was like, bro, if you want an internship at black banner, like, you let me know. And he was working a construction job at the time. And, uh, he, we kind of laughed it off. And then later he calls me, he's like, Hey, you want to meet up? And I was like, Oh yeah, like, sure. Like what do we, I, didn't, I had no idea what we were going to talk about. And I thought it was something serious. It was serious, but not like that serious. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, are you serious about that? Like, like internship opportunity or job, job offer. I was like, Oh dang, like we're doing this thing. So then it's like, can I pay him a full-time salary? Mm-hmm. Can I make enough? Can I bet on myself that I can make enough money to pay for the studio his livelihood, my own livelihood, like that's a lot. Um, but once, once I did the math on like, okay, this is how much I need to make to survive. I had a baseline and I could focus on that number and say, okay, I at least need to be trying to shoot above this. Um, but as long as I hit this number consistently, I think I can take the leap. Mm. And, and so I did and it's paid off. Yeah. So we're going to keep running. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing I don't want to pass over there is, you know, a lot of people, it's not just the financial piece that holds a lot of people up. It's also the mindset of really like, I have to do it all. My hands have to be on all of it because I can't afford it. And so it's, 
you know, the making the jump of being able to like hand something off to somebody or so we, a lot of people would say like, Oh, I'd love to be able to do that, but they don't actually want to let go of things. Um, so I mean, I definitely want to pass up because a lot of people maybe are in the same boat, but they don't have the perspective that you had or the ability or just the go getter attitude or like if their friend came to them and, and actually was like serious about your previous offer, they maybe that would actually make them so nervous that they actually wouldn't do anything about it. So like, from that perspective, talk through like maybe, you know, how did you approach that even mentally? Like, how did you have to approach this concept of like, this is the value that bring another person could bring onto the team. Where did you have to, and a lot, it's hard cause a lot of it probably was natural, like just your natural confidence and natural go get or whatever. But for the person who's not that, how can they break through and how can they pick up some of that off of you? If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, great question. So I think, I'm going to try to summarize your question. So the question is more of like, how did I, how, how did I mentally figure out that that was a good idea to move forward or how to even push through the doubt? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. I can, I can, I can speak on that. So let me think on my thought or my answer here. Honestly, a lot of it came down to just math, simple math. I was like, I'm going to add up the numbers. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I knew Hiring Ben, he had some experience, not not a ton on the video editing side of things. He was a photographer beforehand. He had a little bit of Premiere Pro knowledge, but I truly believe that I could teach him everything he needed to know. Um, and so I, in my head, I said, okay, if he's dedicated, first he has to be dedicated, because if I'm going to pay him, um, I can't have this be a, um, he's going to come in for six months and then fall through. Because if that happens, that's a, that's a massive uh, investment I just made for my company. Um, and that's a lot of money I just lost on, on time, energy, and resources. So for the first three months, I expected that we would, he would be learning uh, and that it would actually cost more money to hire him and or get him up and running. But the investment long term, it would make sense because he would be able to take things off my plate and he would be able to free me up from all these things so that I could go drum up more business. Um, we're starting to see the fruit of that. And we're hitting a we, we hit a stride, you know, two or three months ago where it's like we are moving. He knows what he's doing. I know what I'm doing. We have our roles. And that's been super helpful. Starting out, um, it came down to numbers. I went to uh, the Mid-Continent Library. I rented a little office space. Uh, and I think I even had the studio, but I wanted a whiteboard. They have whiteboards. I love whiteboards. They're the best investment. Go get a whiteboard. Um, I have a whiteboard in the office now. Uh, but yeah, so whiteboard. Dude, I just went up there and I started scribbling. I was like, man, like, okay, here's how much rent is. All right, it's this much money. All right, cool. This is how much I'd have to pay Ben. It's this much money. This is how much I need to survive. All right, this much money. Uh, this is how much utilities and Wi-Fi. And I just added it all up. And I was like, baseline, I have to make X amount of dollars. Um, and, and from that point, I was like, okay, do I have enough work to match that? Yes, no. If not, I can't move forward. Yeah. And if I do, awesome. Or I got to bet on myself that I maybe I can't pay that yet, but in four months, I will be have because I'll have an extra 20, 30 hours a week to go get more business. So that was my mindset. Okay, I think I can do that. Um, I started adding it up. I looked at my own savings because I'm, like, I'm going to have to dip into my savings to make sure that I, I don't pay myself so that I can get bent up and running. Um, so, bro, you, yeah, if you looked at my first year of, like, profit and loss at the studio, it, like, <laughs> I did not pay myself much at all. Like, barely enough to survive. Like, barely enough to survive. Um, and it's a funny thing, but I just knew, like, it's going to pay off. I'm gonna, it's going to pay off. I could see it, and I'm like, it's going to work. I'm going to bet on myself, and, and I know when push comes to shove, like, I normally move. Um, and so I was like, all right, let's go for this. Let's send it. Um, and I was in a great time of life too. I'm like, dude, I got nothing else to lose. Like, let's say I fail. All right. Worst case scenario, I go get a nine to five. Right. Like I, I can apply anywhere. Like I got, I built relationships. Like, okay, I can go apply somewhere, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to fail. Like I burned the ships. I let my, my physical therapy license expire. It's like, I got nowhere to go after this, bro. This <laughs> is it, man. I'm sending it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, all right. Where should we go? I know there's a couple of things that we that we kind of uh, talked about off air when, yep. we were, when we were drinking coffee earlier. Um, I know one of them being like, maybe even just talking about the concept of like a space in Kansas city. Yep. And I know that there's things that you're trying to do with black banner 
how does that tie into like, do you ultimately see Black Banner being that, that studio space and potentially when you buy, you know, buying a building and converting or whatever, like when, when you say that, is that like as a production company or are you thinking more like along the lines of creating space for other people to come and use or kind of how does that, all that tie into like that kind of dream? Yeah. I think I would, most of that would be just for Black Banner. Yeah. Um, and or people that I know and like they can, you know, use the space similar to what I'm doing now. Like I, I rented out um, the studio spaces for rent, the podcast rooms for rent. Um, but I don't want just everybody and anyone to come in because uh, that allows me one. I would have to be there present. I like physically have to be there, which takes up time. Um, and so the, the cost to reward isn't as great with a rental model in my eyes like I, and I don't want to just rent that's not my business model my business model is I'm going to make content or create videos that will be advertisements for brands and that's my model so I'm going to stick on that that's my focus mm -hmm. um, but it is cool when I have friends that are like hey can I use the studio mm -hmm. I want to create something here's what I'm trying to do I'm like yeah like, let's make something happen um, so yeah well okay actually one other thing then we could talk on before we even get into some of that kind of stuff is you know you had talked about um, you guys at Black Banner are currently in a time of like actually maybe changing up the business model. Yep. So, you know, you did weddings. Now you're doing, uh, Black Banner officially is doing a lot of commercial work. You've done stuff for like, you've done some sports stuff. You've done some car stuff. You've done some um, plumbing and AC stuff. Like literally anything and everything. What, you know, you kind of, you were mentioning off air that you're kind of pivoting a little bit. Yeah. What has that process been like? What are you looking at doing? What would you like to be doing more of? And again, the mindset around making that, that change. Yeah. I'm always looking for what's the next thing that would be the most beneficial like step for black banner. So I'm always open to ideas. Uh, I think there is a time where you just have to take everything and anything because you got to keep food on the table. You got to keep money coming in the door. Um, so whether that's working with, you know, an HVAC company, whether that's working within a sports company, whether that's working with like doing like, I don't know, senior portraits, like whatever you have to do mm -hmm. to make enough funds come in, like that's important to do. Um, now I'm realizing that there are, there's, there's niches inside of each industry that you can kind of, um, position yourself as the expert um, or hey, you do enough work with them. Like you can then reach out to other companies and say, hey, I've done work with this heating and cooling company. We've done this and it's helped them grow this way. Mm. So now I can open my door to all these other companies and or drum up more business that way. Uh, something I'm noticing right now is like the influencer side of things. Like there's a lot of uh, people that are trying to grow on social media. Uh, and, you know, if, if you can convert social media leads into dollars like that helps as a creative because I'm creating content. I'm getting paid for that content, but I need to be able to solve a problem for my client. Mm. Uh, it's not so much about the content that I'm creating. It's about the problem that I'm solving. Mm. And so that's my focus with any business. Uh, and there's times like businesses come to me and they're like, Hey, can we do this work? And in my head, I'm like, man, this isn't going to work for you. And I'll, I'll tell them so that too. I'll be like, Hey, like, I don't think this is, I think you have the mindset, right? But you're missing the return on investment. Mm -hmm. You just see other people doing it, thinking that it's going to work. Uh, but there's a lot of other factors that go into it. And so I always try to position myself as I'm a problem solver. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help a business grow. So I need to learn the ins and the outs. What makes you guys money? What, what, uh, what, how do you get a, a customer? How long does it take a customer to come in through the door and buy something? Mm -hmm. How many people do you, um, keep as a customer? Do you, is like the retention high? Is it low? Like whatever. I'm trying to learn mm -hmm. so that I can create content that is going towards that target market. Yep. Um, and that goes a little bit more into the weeds of like selling and business and um, yeah, that's, that's more on, on problem solving for a client, mm -hmm. um, more outside of the creative side of things. But I think um, the most successful creatives are the ones that understand that there is a problem to be solved in the market. Yep. Not so much of like, I just want to create really beautiful images and that's the only place my head goes. So I'm like, you have to pay me because I make really pretty images. Well, if your pretty images don't make the client money, you're not going to be hired or you're not going to be hired for very long and you're not going to make it. And, uh, so I, I'm very humble in the fact that I'm like, I, I think I make good images, but I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty good at solving problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a big misconception. I think for, if we go like even, even, you know, for people who are just getting started, like maybe they've, they're like, Hey, I just want to get into this creating content, photo, video, whatever, even just for myself, whatever. 
there's kind of this like misconception that once you start doing it, that it's, it's, it's just art, but you don't realize that when you start doing client work, the client's the boss. Yes. Like you still work for a boss. Like 100%. you could be freelance, you could be doing your own thing. And, and there definitely is like aspects of it that are a hundred percent better than a nine to five. That doesn't mean it's for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and if you have a nine to five, that's totally fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but at the same time, like I think people go into freelance expecting that they just are going to be able to do whatever they want to do and yeah. whatever, but, the, but it's just not the case. Like you yeah. really, you're choosing to be in, in service of the business you're working for and the client at the time. And which is a better way, honestly, a better mentality to live anyway. Like when yeah. you just live your life in the service of others and in the service of others' businesses and their, the things they're wanting to do and build, um, it's a way more fulfilling way to live anyway. Bro, you're hitting it. Like you have to be that mindset. Yeah. Like it's, it's how many people can you help? It's not, hey, what can I gain? Like if, if it's about me and focusing on the gain or Black Banner needs to grow this way, I'm going to miss it. I'm not going to hit my goals. But if I can help as many people as I can, like money will come. Finances will come. Yeah. The right talent will come. That is without a doubt. It's you just have to have your priorities straight and focus on the right thing. Yeah. So I agree. I think, uh, man, in, in the creative industry, um, we love to say like, follow your passion, follow your dreams. Like we're, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm like, yeah, go send it. Be the best that you can be in everything. You know, be first, second, or third in everything that you do, um, and and dedicate yourself. Uh, but I, I also am practical or realistic in the sense of, Hey, it costs money to live. So don't forsake, uh, your foundation without having enough income to fund the dream. So I'm always telling like people that are in the creative, they're like, how do I start? I'm like, well, you need to build enough capital or enough savings of a cushion to sustain yourself. If you don't make any money for the next three months, like, Mm -hmm. is that okay? Mm -hmm. Um, or build up a part-time, you know, build up your website, build up your clientele, build up your network, start building your, the next foundation. And then once it's set and it's good, step off your nine to five or your job that you don't like anymore onto the next foundation. And you can, you'll, it's a lot more successful if you have some, some type of plan there. Um, and I know we talked about like, you know, trying to add some value or advice to people that are starting out, um, as freelancers. And so I can, I can talk a little bit into that. Um, I mean, if I was starting all over again, or just to anyone that's starting in the creative video photo space, um, it would be that same advice. It would be one, you got to build capital. You have to have enough of a savings or enough funds coming through the door to fund the dream. First foremost, that has to happen. Second thing that has to happen is you have to be able to, you have to be able to produce good content or create good photos and images. Uh, if you're a bad photographer or a bad videographer, uh, you're not going to sell because you don't have a good product. So you need mm-hmm. to perfect your craft get really good at your craft. Uh, every off chance that you get or every hour that you have free and available, go watch YouTube, go learn, um, go figure out how do I, uh, how do I shoot like this one person that I saw this Mm. one on YouTube? I'm like, Oh, for me it was Peter McKinnon Mm. and everybody, I feel like he's the guy that everybody starts with. Um, and I think Peter's, I think his style is really cool. Um, and then it evolved because I took my own style and I kind of blended it with what he was doing and I learned from him. Uh, and, and so I'm like, yeah, go find people that you look up to and figure out, Hey, how did they shoot that? How Mm. did they create that? How did they light that? So practice your craft, get really good at it. Next thing is, man, you got to build your network. Uh, you got to find people that are, uh, one, believe in you two uh, that are high value people, uh, that are willing to take a chance on you and, uh, also build your network in the creative community. So, Mm. Um, guys like you, myself, like we're in the video space or uh, creative space and it's good to know people like this. Cause when I come across an issue, I'm like, Oh, I need an audio tech, mm-hmm. man. Oh, who could I, I could probably hit up. No, he'll be like, he probably knows someone that's in audio or mm-hmm. a producer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so building up your network, um, is very, very valuable. Yep. And then you can collab with other creatives and learn from them. Uh, that's also massive. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of great, great, um, talented people in Kansas city. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, this is something I will share. Uh, if you're going to quote unquote, pick someone's brain, bro, it's not like that, that term turns me off. Um, but this is something I did that I think has helped me so much in my career is I will go buy somebody lunch or coffee. If I think they, they have some knowledge or value to pour into me Mm. and I'll buy them a $10 lunch. And in return, I get like $10,000 worth of knowledge in that $10 lunch. Everybody likes to be taken out for lunch. Now, if you're like, hey, I want to pick your brain and I want you to buy your own coffee and maybe even buy me coffee, like, what? No. 
Like, dude, I'm giving you free information and I'm buying you coffee. Like, that's not how this works. I got other things I got to do. I got edits. I got timelines. I got clients that are breathing down my neck. Like, I got to do things. So if you treat somebody and you really, like, listen, like, you can learn a ton. Yeah. So just take people out to lunch. Like, that's one of the best bits of advice that I could give. Um, whether that's creatives that are ahead of you, mm-hmm. learn from them. You, they probably solve problems that you're going through right now. Um, or even clients or potential clients. Get to know people. Buy them lunch like build your network. Yeah. Um, that's a big one. Um, mentor, same thing. Uh, buy a mentor lunch, someone that you're like, Oh, you're ahead of me. Uh, and then get to know them and they'll, they'll help you out way more than, um, any YouTube video could. Like if, if I have an issue, I can call like three people right now and I can be like, Hey, have you ever experienced this? My client needs this type of revision. How do you handle this? Hey, yeah, this is what I do. You're like, all right, sweet. You learn it. All right, let's go. Then you're moving on. So uh, the next thing I would say is you gotta you got to count the cost. You need to know how much it, it actually costs to either A, be successful in this, or how far you want to take it. Um, I think if you just want to be a freelancer, uh, on average, the first year you do freelance, you make about 15 to 20 grand. I think if you then if the next year you should be making around 50 to 70, and if on third year you could be going right around like 70 to 100 grand, mm-hmm. depending on how much energy you pour into your craft and or how good you get, how fast you are at editing. And so if you take it at a three-year mindset of like, okay, I could be making almost six figures in three years, then it's like, can I survive that first year of only making 10 to 15 grand yeah. um, to build up my business and my name and um, and in that, man, you got to be telling people like, hey, this is what I do. This is what I am. I'm a wedding photographer. Hey, I'm a videographer. This is the practice. This is the stuff I'm doing. Um, get your name out there. So that people, when they think, oh, hey, who is Dawson? Dawson, oh, he does video. That's not my only identity. But, like, it helps when people are like, oh, Dawson, Black Banner. And they mm-hmm. think, like, they think Black Banner when they see me. That helps because then if someone that they know is a business owner is like, hey, man, I'm looking for a video. Do you know anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a buddy named Dawson. He does he has his own company down the road. Sweet. That's how, I mean, dude, I get a lot of word of mouth. That's, that's massive. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I think a lot of people uh, neglect word of mouth, especially starting out. Like if you can lean into word of mouth and, and and I think that's where you're saying like the network is such a huge piece of it. And I think also being able to confidently say, again, a lot of people just starting out, maybe they're transitioning from one thing to the other. Maybe they're jumping from a foundation to a new foundation that hasn't been built yet. And so they're kind of like a little iffy on it. You know yep. what I mean? And so it's kind of like, someone's like, well, what do you do? And you're like, well, I used to do this and maybe I do this. And I, I, I find myself sometimes even doing, doing that versus just confidently saying, this is what I do. This is what yep. I'm working on. This is what I do. Um, and it doesn't have to be like salesy or businessy. No. Like they're genuinely asking and mm-hmm. then you can genuinely be confident in what you do. Even if that means you say what you want to be doing yes, as opposed to like what you're currently doing. That's yep. okay too. hundred percent. Yeah. That's kind of like that confidence where we're talking. Like you just kind of walk in confidence and you're like, this is what it is. And you can, I mean, Hey, I'm building up a video production company. Yeah. I'm in the process of building it up. I'm in the process of, of doing like photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, you don't have to lie and be like, Oh, I'm a professional X, Y, Z and you've never done anything before. Like, yeah, just own it. Like that's what you're going after. Yeah. Imposter syndrome, that's dumb. Screw that. <laughs> yeah. Get over it. We both, everybody has it. So just, if everybody has it, then just jump through it and whatever, get through it. It's dumb. Uh, like, what I mean by that is like, everybody feels like an imposter sometimes. So if everybody feels like it, then we can just move on. Right. <laughs> like, we can all get over it. We can just get over it. Like, and it's, yeah. So just confidence. Walk through it boldly. Um, put your head up, your chest out, and you'll be fine. Um, with counting the costs, I mean, like, there's times where, like, I'm missing parties or get-togethers where I would love to hang out with people that I, um, I would enjoy, but it's like I got shoots or projects on weekends or mm. this day or that day. So just knowing that I'm trying to build something and that's my priority and my focus and it's okay to be zoned in on that, that goal and that focus and it's okay to miss things. Um, but in my head, I'm like, in about five years... I should be more available than I've ever been to where I could either a always go to those things or have more availability to do other things I want to do. Yep. So that's the focus. I'm like, okay, I see the five year plan. I can, I can get there right now. I got to sacrifice it, but hopefully later on I, I'll have it. You, again. you say no now yeah. to a, to, a, you know, be able to say yes in the future. Yeah. I think a lot of people underestimate too, that like that season of no is 
sometimes longer than they expect it to be. Um, but then realizing the reward on the other side of that. And so that season of no could be six months. It could be three years. Yeah. Right. But like it's temporary. Yeah. It really is temporary. It's not like you're saying no to all these things for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> and friends are going to understand that or the ones that they should understand it. If they right. don't like, you'll find your friends pretty fast, but it's like if your friends are just there to hang out and go party or go to the bar or whatever, and it's like, maybe that's not what you need to be doing or, or you'll find like, Oh, that's all our friendship was built on. Right they're not going to be through the harder things or like, it's okay. People come and go. It's what it is. Yeah. Um, another thing I always, I love to preach is like practice your craft well and fail daily. That's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite slogans. I, I think I came up with it. I don't know. Um, but the failing over and over, like fail as fast as you can keep failing, fail over and over. Uh, because the faster you fail, the quicker you learn and the quicker you learn, the faster you succeed. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of my biggest preaching points is like just keep failing keep trying things and fail like go shoot and if you fail it's okay you're learning it's mm-hmm. not an end-all be-all you just learned hey i should have you know i should have mic'd them up this way or i should have lit the the talent this way yep um so go out practice and fail keep practicing practice every day mm-hmm. fail every day and you'll like you'll get to success way faster than anyone else that's afraid of failure yeah so embrace failure because it's dope and it's good um, sometimes it sucks, but it is ultimately good. That's good. Um, and then on top of that, like now we're talking about clients and how to get clients. Uh, that's one of the hardest parts. I think of business also pricing. I'm not going to go into pricing. You got to figure that out on your own. <laughs> Everybody does. So best of luck, uh, it's hard. Um, but with clients, man, you, your whole thing is you just have to solve somebody's problem figure out how to solve problems. Um, it's not about your creative work. It's not about your video. It's about how, you solve their issue. Mm-hmm. And I position myself as a problem solver that uses video to solve their problem. Yeah. So it's not my video is your end product. It's the solution that you're going to get from my video that I'm selling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that took me a long time to learn. I'm still learning it. Yeah. Um, but even how to pre- present that or say it to a client so that they understand it. Yep. Um, that was something we were talking about off air earlier. Just the, the concept of like a lot of, freelancers, especially in the early days, try to over explain what they do or mm-hmm. over explain what they offer yeah. to a client or to a business owner or to a, or whatever, and talk about things that are irrelevant to the business owner, like yeah. the gear that we use, or it costs this much because this is our process. And at the end of the day, they don't care. At yeah. the end of the day, they're trying to solve a problem. Yeah. And if you can put yourself in their shoes and solve a problem, more than likely, if you approach it that way, you're eventually going to be able to, you know, get clients that are willing to pay more than you you even probably think you you could charge. Truthfully, yeah, 100%. That, there's, I think what's what's interesting is like the more you you almost gain confidence as you work with more and more clients because you realize like, oh, someone is willing to pay ten thousand dollars for that. Yeah. So I actually can be worth ten thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it takes that to be able to understand that that's even a possibility yeah. or hearing somebody else say, Oh yeah, I did the same thing and I was able to charge 25 grand for this project. And you're like, you charge what? Yeah. Well, maybe I can charge. Yeah. 15. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's part of that of like, when you approach all of it as don't worry about the technical side, don't worry about the gear side, don't worry about what you're using. If you just solve problems for people, the money will always come. Yeah. And that was a big thing you hit on earlier, but I think that's like just a point that people just need to grab onto. Yeah. Cause it's so easy, especially like, like we can sit and talk about gear or yep. processes or efficiency or how we charge hourly versus project based or whatever. But like the client does not care. Literally they do care. not care. And you just need to get to their level, speak to them at their level. And again, this is something I think that you've done really well and you, you've been able to connect like a cha- the chamber and the summit. Yeah. And I just feel like you're able to relate to people, relate to the business owners where they are, relate to people and, and understand that they don't need to understand what you do the same way that you don't need to understand what they do, but you're both trying to solve a problem together. Yep. But yeah, I just feel like that's a big... Again, we just really struggle with that as freelancers. And I think part of it too maybe is seeing the, when you change the mindset from freelance to a business. Yeah. 
I mean, even, yeah, on the, the side of things with solving problems, like the bigger the problem is, the bigger the payout. Hmm. Or the bigger the, like the solution that you can create, the bigger the payout. So um, you can, I think it's easy as a freelancer to go find small problems to fix. Uh, but to find big problems is the hard one. So you're looking for unicorns in the market mm. that you're like, oh, I can fix this. I can give them a solution with my talent, my skill, my craft, whatever it is. Um, and if you can provide a solution, well, people, if especially if they're going to make a return on investment, they don't care how much they pay you as long as they're making more than what they're paying you. Right. Now, if they're, if they're paying you more than they're making, you're not going to last long. Um, because it's a business like it's people, they have to make money. That's mm. just how it operates. It's not like you have the best image in the world, but it, like you just, the business has to make money. Yep. So if you, if you can't get in the mindset of the business owner, like you'll struggle a lot. Mm. And so, yeah, to your point, get in the mindset of the business owner, um, see from their point of view, how much it costs to hire a videographer internally, mm. how much it costs to do X, Y, Z, um, and if you can get in their shoes, then you can start speaking their lingo. And if you can relate with them, like you're saying, and speak their lingo, now you'll you'll start seeing more success in that. I'd love for you just to talk on maybe things that you do during the week, um, whether it's mindset, whether it's practical things, but ways that you, one, try to avoid burnout, but maybe rhythms that you have for like work-life balance. And, and that's different for everybody because some people can work a lot more than other people without burning out whatever, but for you specifically, like what are some things that you do um, that someone else could translate to someone else within their context of staying healthy, um, spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, like what are you doing to make sure that you're in this thing for the long run and that people, you're able to give your best to your business, to your clients, to your, you know, your employees? Yeah, man, that's a really, really good question. And it's, it's quite loaded, honestly. There's a lot I feel like we could dive into. Um, and I, I'm not like a leading expert in all of this by any means. Um, so with, with work-life balance, that's something I'm, I mean, dude, it, for me, it, it really doesn't exist. I don't have like, I, let me back it up. Technically, I prioritize things that I, I really, uh, I care about. Mm-hmm. So if that's um, relationship with friends, community groups that I'm in or um, people that I I desire to meet up with and I commit to and I say, hey, I am going to maintain this relationship and I'm going to be here at this time every week kind of thing. Like I I commit to those things. Uh, But other than that, um, for me, like it's okay to be uh, unbalanced in life and like it's a season of I'm going to work really hard. I'm working more hours than a lot of people um, in, and, and, and that's not a brag. It's more of just a, I spend, I, I enjoy it. I love the business. I love what I'm doing. If I wasn't doing it, like if I was just had off time, like I'm going to go edit and do things cause I enjoy it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to not be balanced. People will be like, Hey, you need to have a balance. You need to come out and hang with friends. It's like, no, I don't. I'm trying to build something mm-hmm. like you can't see what I'm trying to build. Um, but I have the vision in my head and I'm going to go get it. Yeah. And so I'm set on that. I'm, I made that decision. I made that commitment to myself that I'm going to go do it. So with burnout, I think burnout really comes when you work really hard and you don't see results. And that's when it quickly, quickly starts to affect you. Um, so having a good vision and perspective before jumping in, I think it's helpful. Um, not that everything's guaranteed because it's not. As a business owner, they say, you know, if you're 70% sure it's going to work, that's when you pull the trigger. Mm. That's like the the simple number. If you're like, man, I think this will work, but I'm not really 100% sure, like pull the trigger, go for it. Um, and then just figure it out as you go. Mm. Um, or just fail and then learn and then go again. So why was I sharing that? 70% of the time you pull the trigger, you go for it. Um, oh, having a vision, having the, the goal in mind ahead of time. You're like, I'm focused. I know that right now it's going to take about a year before I'm profitable. That's kind of a scary place to be. But knowing that ahead of time, mm. if you're not profitable for the six months and you didn't know that, you'd be like, I'm going to fail at this and it's going to suck. But it's like, no, this is part of the plan. Mm. I knew this ahead of time going into it. So having a clear vision of knowing, hey, this is what's going to happen is helpful. Also planning for things that you can't plan for, as in like hidden costs that you didn't know were going to hit you. Having a blanket, uh, a savings fund that you're like, I know that I'm probably going to get hit with a random $2,000 fee for something I didn't expect, like just out of the blue, whether that's insurance or um, 
a, a fee that you forgot about, uh, IRS, like taxes, like right. things that just hit you, you don't know until you're in the business. Um, then you learn and you're like, oh, now I can plan for it. So having things that you, you can't plan for, or if you botch a project and you have to refund somebody, mm. that's a big one. Like it probably will happen. So let's plan for it. If it doesn't happen, great. You get to keep that extra two grand, whatever. <laughs> um, so rhythms and daily life, I think, sorry, I just pulled on the cord. Uh, I think rhythms for me, I'm, I like to uh, work out. That's something I'm, I'm passionate about. I try to keep myself healthy. I try to eat fairly clean. Uh, though, like, my kryptonite's like ice cream. I freaking love ice cream, bro. Yes. Hit me, like, Andy's, Custard's, you, bro, that's me. So if you want to treat me, that's where we're going. <laughs> um, whatever. Uh, so, uh, but, but working out, I normally wake up early in the morning. I'll get a workout in, and then I'll go get coffee. I'll read, journal, uh, and then I'll go to work. And I'll work for the whole day. I'll go get lunch, and maybe during lunch I'll uh, I'll watch like a YouTube video for a, or a couple YouTube videos and learn while I'm eating, mm-hmm. and I'll watch some like educational stuff, and then I'll go back to work. And I'll start editing, uh, and then I'll work till five, six, whatever. Go home, I'll do whatever I want, it's free time, yeah. uh, and then go to bed, do it all over again. And so that's that's my normal rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I work a lot of hours. Um, I mean, it's probably like ten hours a day, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even weekends, like, dude, I'm, I always got my phone on me. Clients are always reaching out. They're saying things. I'm checking emails. I'm going, trying to meet up with people. I have shoots on the weekends. Uh, so it's okay not to be balanced because that's the focus. You're going after it. Um, but, yeah, rhythms, I think it's just you got to figure out what you prioritize, what you're like, I non-negotiable. I'm not giving this up. If I don't have a family. If I had a family right now, I'd have to prioritize it. That would be a, a number one on my list. Like, I will be at home at six o'clock because I want to have dinner with my family. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a focus of mine. If I was a father, I'm not, I'm not married to anyone. So I'm like, I got all this extra time. Yeah, you might I'm going to well send build. it. I'm going to go as hard as I can so that I can build a, a life for potentially a family one day. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my focuses. One of my goals, a little insight. But uh, if I had a family, that would be a number one focus. Cause I prioritize that. That's something I value more than the business. Um, so I, I say, man, you got to pick out what you prioritize and then, don't sacrifice it like make it sacred yeah uh, i hope i answered your question am i no, missing anything great. no that's great um no you nailed it bro i think uh thank you for doing this absolutely thank you for just adding value and your insight and um you bring such a unique perspective i think to all of this and uh, i've loved how even throughout this whole season um everybody's been so different and it's so needed. And so just thank you one for just being you. Thank you for, um, one for your relationship and your willingness to come on and do this in something that I'm just building from the ground up. Like literally like, I mean, no, hardly anyone is seeing these, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's oh, like, um, so it's like, just thank you for, for taking the time on me to do this and, and help build this with me. So, yes. um, I'm grateful for you. Grateful for, you know, you and what you're building. I'm excited for you. Bro, Pumped for the next five you. to 10 years. Pumped for you to get wifed up uh, <laughs> uh, and have a family. You're going to be an incredible yeah. dad and husband Bro, one day. That. And that uh, if you're out there, this guy, <laughs> I mean, he's, look, he's building. He's building. He's, he's building a foundation. Bro. So, um, so anyways, man, I'm excited for you. And... Um, Thank you so much for your time. Dude, 100%. I'm, I'm pumped for you. I'm pumped for this, uh, everything you're doing. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm always fired up with people that are trying to do stuff. Like, just in general, they're trying to create something. I'm like, yeah, I 100% am going to encourage it. I'm going to try my best to help them in any way. So, dude, you always got my, you got my number. You can always hit me up anytime you need anything. For real. Thank you. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you.